0: Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast, my prayer for the message you hear today, that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CBC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram, and you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. Let's get into God's word. Let me ask you a question. What are you searching for this morning? Will you turn to your neighbor and say, what are you searching for? What are you searching for this morning? Do you know that we're all searching for something? Do you know that? All of us are searching for something. Why else would we spend hours on social media if we were not searching for something? Why would we continue to be scrolling through pictures and videos and making comments on random people's stuff all the time if we weren't searching for something? You know, I think what really annoys me is Facebook is that when you don't, if somebody you know comments on somebody you don't know, Facebook lets you know about that. (laughs) What do I care? I don't care what people are. But apparently now I need to look for it because I have a little indication on my phone. i got to pull it up, and now i got to find out what so-and-so is saying about somebody's stuff that I don't know about. But we're all searching for something, and we've been doing it ever since we were little. We've all searched for something. And can I also ask you a question that might make you uncomfortable? What are you hiding this morning? What are you hiding this morning? Can you also turn to your neighbor and say, I know you're hiding something. (laughs) For some of you, it's cookies, and they're above the fridge, just FYI. (coughs) We're all hiding something. We've been doing this for a long time. We've been searching for something and hiding for something most of all of our lives. And we started as children. You know why? Because there's a a game. There's a famous game amongst children. I don't know if you know it or not. It's called Hide and Seek. Anybody p- ever played hide-and-seek before? You ever played it with a three-year-old and a five-year-old? Right now, our boys are all about that hide-and-seek life right now. All about it. Like, Dad, we want to play hide-and-seek. Dad, we want to hi- play hide-and-seek. Corbin now, five years old, is actually getting to the place now where he actually hides and stays hidden. <laughs> but Griffin cannot, cannot remain hidden uh, the moment you say, ready or not, here I come it c- doesn't matter how much you count he'll even tell you before you count I'm a hide right there <laughs> we have a little uh, ottoman opens up we have our blankets and stuff in it he always loves to hide in there and he tells me I'm going to hide in there I said if you don't tell me I'm going to count Okay. I count whatever it is Corbin's out running somewhere looking for a spot I say ready or not here I come he opens up the lid goes here I am <laughs> every time he doesn't quite get the concept But hiding and seeking, we've been doing it all our lives. All our lives. And I think it's actually the oldest game in human history. It started in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve, they are seeking something that doesn't belong to them. Right? From the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God says, don't go there. They said, we're going to seek it out and taste it for ourselves. They, they, They take it. They find out something bad is happening, and then what do they do? They hide, and now God has to do the seeking. Hiding and seeking has been happening from the very beginning. Not only are we seeking for something, we're also hiding from something, and It's all the way back from when Adam and Eve sinned and hid from God, and God is walking in the garden basically saying, come out, come out, wherever you are. And obviously God knew where they were the whole time, and it's kind of like parents, when you play hide-and-seek with your kids, you always know where they're hiding, and yet they think they're well hidden from you. When Corbin was first starting to hide, he would hide behind things that were way too small for him to hide behind. You know, he would be out here like this. (laughs) And he would close his eyes because he thought, if I can't see him, he can't see me. Some of you are doing the same thing with God. You're trying to hide behind things, and you're thinking God doesn't see what I'm doing in secret. And if I can keep it hidden from him, he won't call me out from it. Isn't that interesting that God is saying to some of you this morning, come out, come out, wherever you are. See, eventually, the game has to end, and you have to come out from your hiding. Just recently, uh, see, when I play with the boys hide-and-seek, I always let them hide longer, partially because it uh, gives me a break. You know, Dad, it took you 10 minutes to find me. I was like, really? Oh, man, you're so good at it. But recently, Faith played with the boys. And uh, I don't know where I was. I came home. Oh, we were hanging the new church sign yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw that uh, or not. Hopefully you did. If you didn't, look up. You'll see it. Uh, But I came home, and first thing, Corbin comes to me and goes, Dad, mom's a good seeker. Mom's a good seeker. I said, Why is that? And I asked Faith, Why is that? He goes, She's like, I found him every time. I just, every time I just turned around, there he was. I'm like, All right, I found you. Every time. She didn't give him a chance to do any of his hiding. He got super frustrated. And it just makes me think about how many of us are still hiding today. Some of us are still hiding, and maybe we're hoping that God would seek us out. Maybe some of you are so bound in sin that you're saying, God, if you would just call me out of this, then I would stop it. God, if you would just let me know that you see what I'm doing and what I'm trapped in, then God, I maybe could be set free from it. Maybe some of you are saying, God, if somebody would just tap me on the shoulder and say, Hey, God knows what you're doing and He wants to set you free. Then, God, I might believe that you could set me free from this. Has anybody ever felt that before? Has anybody ever thought that before? But here's the interesting thing to me about hide and seek and the way that we play it. I think that we are playing it backwards and we're playing it all wrong with God. See, most of us are doing the hiding and we expect God to come and seek us out and maybe... That's how it started in the beginning. But as we grow older and we get better at hiding, we still expect God to come and seek us out. See, when you're a new believer and you've got sin in your life, it's so easy to find it out. When you're new in the faith and you're still doing stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing, they're still hiding and seeking with God. But you're like this with the Lord. Oh, I shouldn't be getting drunk on weekends. And weekdays. All right, God, you found me, right? Oh, I shouldn't be sleeping around? Okay, I can't hide it, God, you found me. Oh, the way I speak reflects what you're doing in my life, so I should mind how I speak? Oh, God, you found me, right? Right? But as you grow older and more mature in the faith, some of you are still living this hide-and-seek life, and you're expecting God to come and call you out. But you're learning to hide it better. And now you're in your secret place saying, God, if you'll just come and tap me on the shoulder and let me know that I'm doing wrong, then I'll expose it. But I think it's backwards, friends. I think we're playing the game of hide-and-seek backwards. I think it's the other way around. I think that we should be doing the seeking and God is supposed to be doing the hiding. Can I say that again? I think that we should be doing the seeking and God should be doing the hiding. Let me explain. It's found in Proverbs 25, verse 2, the verse I read at the start. See, I was praying over what God would have me to speak to us and God spoke those words to me out of Proverbs 25, verse 2. And I wasn't sure where they were at in Proverbs. You ever have that where God speaks to you something and you're like, I don't even know where that is in the Bible, but I'm going to flip through it. But by God's grace, it was right where we left off in Proverbs this week. We stopped reading at Proverbs 24 before we moved in to some other readings But the next two verses, right after where we stopped, is where that verse was found. So let's look at it again. It's the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search things out. See, another translation says, it's the glory of God to hide a matter. So what does that mean? See, whenever I've heard this verse mentioned, and there's a even a songs, a beautiful song written by Misty Edwards that talks about God, the, the revealed, the hidden things of God that we search out. And I've heard this message preached before, that these things that this verse is talking about is the hidden things in God, the things that God has concealed from us that we need to, as kings and queens, need to seek out in Him. Has anybody ever heard that translation like that before? That there are things in God that are concealed, that are hidden from us, that we, as we grow in maturity, need to seek out and find for ourselves. Anybody ever heard that? And I do think that that is part of what that verse is talking about, because the Bible tells us that God has veiled himself in a cloud of darkness because his brilliance and his splendor is too bright, too magnificent to behold. And I do think that this verse is speaking to some aspects of seeking the deeper things of God. But I don't think that this verse is speaking entirely to how, this, how God's glory is revealed in the hidden things of Him. If we follow that statement all the way out. Because I have to ask myself this question when I had heard that before. If it was God's to God's glory that He conceals things from us, then why would He ever reveal anything to us? If if He receives more glory for more concealment. How can it be that the glory of God is to conceal Himself from us when He receives glory as He reveals Himself to us? Are you following me? Especially when Scripture tells us that It is the glory of God that has been revealed to us in Christ Jesus, who is the manifestation of God in the flesh, the Son of God. So if we take this idea that uh, as God hides more of Himself from us, He is glorified more, I don't think that fully follows all the way through. I think that it speaks something else. That God receives glory when He hides certain things, as He reveals His goodness to us. Famous preacher Charles Spurgeon said this about this verse, he said, If it had been his glory to conceal everything, he would not have continued to conceal it. But as far as I can see, his manifested glory is his glory. When He reveals Himself to us, then we give Him more glory. The more that we see of God, the more we give Him praise. The more that we encounter Him, the more that we love Him. The more that we experience His goodness, the more we praise Him. Would you agree? So what is this verse talking about? If it's not talking about God concealing the unsearchable things about Himself, then what is God concealing that causes glory to be given to Him? See, the... The answer is found in the word conceal. Because the word conceal can also be translated to covered. See, the term cover is an expression in the Old Testament and the new of putting away sin and forgiving it. We see this in the Old Testament. God covered their sin. They sacrificed and God covered it. And we think maybe that's just an Old Testament term, but it also is a New Testament term. First Peter talks about love can cover a multitude of sins. That same word, cover, is what is being revealed to us today. See, it's God to God's glory that our sin is covered. And that term covering not only just means hidden, but it also means put away and forgiven. And in Christ Jesus, not only is our sin covered, but it is forgiven and washed away. So this verse is saying it is to God's glory that he covers sin. It is to the glory of God that sin is forgiven. See, God is glorified in us when our sin is forgiven. Can I say that again? Because you're all a little too tired and quiet this morning. It is to the glory of God when our sin is forgiven. Can you say amen? God receives glory in you. When you realize that you have been forgiven of sin. I don't know about you, but somebody should be shouting this morning. Because your sin has been forgiven in Christ Jesus, if you're a follower of His. And because your sin has been forgiven, God receives glory in you. It is to the glory of God to conceal things to cover things, to forgive things. Only God can do that. See, God can cover all sin, no matter how dark those sins are, how many times you've committed them, how deep they go, He can forgive them and cover them and remove them. It says, as far as the east is from the west, He can remove them from you. (laughs) It is the glory of God To cover you, to forgive you, and to wash over you. God receives glory when you accept his forgiveness. See, and the glory of this truth lies in the fact that God can justly wash away your sin through the work and the power of his son, Jesus. Spurgeon wrote this without the slightest violation of his law, without endangering the stability of his kingdom. He can forgive and cover all manner of sin and blasphemy so that it shall never be seen again by the by the substitutionary sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus stepped into your place, received the punishment you deserved, and washed you clean. I just love that picture. God the Son stepped down from His eternal throne when sin demanded punishment, when our sin demanded, demanded judgment on it, and instead of giving us what He deserved, He stepped down from heaven and said, I will bear their punishment. Lay it all on me. Lay it all on me. Their sin has piled up so high to heaven, it demands punishment, but instead of me giving them what they deserve, punishment and death, I will step into their place. And as he does that, and as we recognize what he's done, and we receive his forgiveness, he receives glory. It is to the glory of God that you are forgiven, that your sins are covered, and they are put away from you. It is to the glory of God. I don't know if you're hearing me. It is to the glory of God that your sins are forgiven. It's to the glory of God. To the wages of sin is death, and Jesus took that death upon himself for you and for me. And this is what's so beautiful about how God covers and removes sin. He does it without any requirement of additional payment from you or I. Yeah. See, Jesus, he said, he paid it in full. On the cross, he said, it is finished, which means you, I don't need any other transactions from you to substitute what I've done. See, there are religions out there and beliefs that say you need to pay penance to walk in forgiveness. This is where the Ra- Reformation happened with Martin Luther because the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church kept demanding people, you've got to pay a little more. You've got to pay a little more. You've got people, you've got family in purgatory. They're trapped. Give a little more and we'll get out. They had a saying that says, when the coin in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs. And that would say, hey, if you give a little more, you'll get your people, you'll get your family out of hell. You'll get your people out of purgatory, a holding place. See, there are there are. Beliefs that say pray a little more, give say a little more, uh, our fathers do a little more Hail Marys and fasts more during the time, and and, and 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 you maybe you'll make it through. This this whole idea of purgatory is diminishing what Jesus did on the cross and the power of His blood. When He said it is finished, He meant it is finished. Yeah. You don't need to pay anymore. Nothing else is required of you in re- in relation to payment. You don't have to go through a certain amount of suffering so that you can receive his forgiveness. He gave it all to us. The price has been paid. Yes, amen. It's to the glory of God that he can cover all sin in one moment without any, any price being paid. By the sinner, or any suffering being endured for us for the sake of covering ourselves in our sin. So we only need to come and confess our sin and accept the divine covering, the blood and righteousness of Jesus, and our sins are washed away. What I think is so astonishing also about how God covers and conceals and removes our sin is that He can do it without hardening our hearts. Isn't that profound? That God can forgive us and continue to forgive us and continue to forgive us without a hardening of our hearts. See, in a human context, we're concerned that if we forgive someone over and over again for the same thing, they'll be convinced that they can continue to harm us in the same manner over and over and over again, and their hearts become hardened because they think they can continue to get away with it. Some people think if I, could, if I let them do that, they're going to treat me like a doormat. They're going to continue to walk all over me. But the Lord's way of covering sin is the way that melts our hearts and changes us to desire things that are like Him. When we understand what our sin did to Jesus, it drove Him to the cross. It whipped Him. His flesh was torn from His body. It drove, Our sin drove the nails in His hands and His feet then our sin makes us sick. I say, how can I continue to go back to it again and again and again when my sin crucified my Savior? He has the ability in the forgiving of our sins to change our hearts so that our hearts don't become hardened to continue to repeat our sin. We begin to hate our sin when we recognize it took His blood to cover it. Another theologian said, No man or woman truly hates their sin until they have seen what it put Christ through. When they have seen Jesus put it away with his own grief and death, then we really hate our sin that made our Redeemer mourn and nailed him to the tree. But there is one caveat to God's covering. Do you know what it is? He can only cover the sin which is confessed and known. He never covers a sin which is unconfessed. You have to expose it for him to cover it. See, when you and I acknowledge the fact that we are guilty of our sin, then it can be forgiven. But if we refuse to acknowledge it, we already stand guilty in the presence of God. And this is where the second part of Proverbs 25, 2 comes in. Put that back up there again. For the glory of God is to conceal things, meaning to wash away your sin, to cover your sin, to put away your sin from you. But the glory of kings, and I would add queens, is to search things out. It is the glory of kings and queens to search things out. And I've heard this preached before that it's it's to our glory to search out the things of God, the deeper things and this is true, but this verse, I don't think, is talking about that. Looking at the context of this verse, see, King Solomon wrote this. He knows what it's, to, what it's like to be a king because he is the king as he's writing these words. He understands what, what it takes to be a good king, and he understands what it takes to be a bad king. And he says the good kings are the ones who exact justice for the people. The kings that keep their people safe from harm, those who find out what's be, what is wrong and prosecute it, who judge it, who expose it. They search things out and they make sure justice is served. Those are good kings. Those are good queens. That's what it takes to be a good king or a good queen, those who will receive praise from their people when a king is just. If you, if you serve under an un, unjust king, you don't call that king good. You don't give glory to that king. See, it wasn't a glorious thing to allow crime to go unpunished or for the widow or the orphan to go hungry. See, a king or a queen was called to search out wrongs and make them right. And if it's up to God, if it's God's glory to cover our sin, our glory is in searching it out. But I got to tell you something, because the church has thought par- way of this, and we called out other people for their sin, but that's not what we were called to do brother, uh, you know what, I think I saw your car parked outside the strip club. I think that was your truck. Wasn't that your truck? Yeah, okay. Yeah, God is saying you have the spirit of perversion. We're so quick to call other people out on the sin, but that's not what that verse is called for. In fact, this this is a, a verse that says we are called to search out our own hearts, our own sin, our own shortcomings. We were supposed to say, God, If there's anything in me, if there's something in me that I'm doing that is not pleasing to you, God, I want to expose it. I don't want to hide it anymore. I receive glory in myself that I can then give to the Lord if I will expose my sin and have it covered by Him. For so long, people have been willing to call out other people's sin but never call out their own. And this is what I would say this morning for us. I believe that we have to stop playing hide-and-seek with God, trying to conceal what He has called to reveal. Can I say that again? We have to stop playing hide-and-seek with God, trying to conceal what He has called us to reveal. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just To forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all. Can somebody say all? All All unrighteousness. If we will confess our sin. But we first have to know what our sin is. Some of us, it's very readily available. We know what we're doing is wrong and yet we don't want to expose it. But he says if we'll confess it, he is faithful and just. Which means he is right in doing so. Because of the sacrifice Jesus made for you. So here's the good news of the gospel. If we confess our sin to him and seek his forgiveness, he will give it to us. If you wish to have your sin forgiven today, stop trying to cover it yourself. See, it's the glory of God to cover your sin. So don't rob him of his glory. Don't rob him of his glory. You can't hide it in the first place. It will be exposed. Either you expose it or it will be exposed in you. But here's the beautiful thing. If we'll expose it, he'll forgive it and receive the glory. Confess your sin and give God the glory that he deserves. See, if you could cover your sin, there'd be no need for a redeemer. If you could do it yourself, you wouldn't need a savior, but we can't do it, friend. So don't try to excuse or exonerate your guilt, just acknowledge it. Just say, I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. In all your approaches to God, seeking His mercy at His hand, come to Him with that acknowledgement and say, God, help me, a sinner. That could be probably one of the most profound prayers you would ever pray. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And I would encourage you to call your sin out for what it really is. Don't ever try to belittle your sin or to make it a small thing when it is actually a great thing. Any sin is a great sin before the Lord. Any sin can divide you. So don't try to downplay your sin. It's like not not that big of a deal, and it's only on the weekends. And it, you know, when I'm stressed out, or when I this happens, or that happens, or you know, it, it's okay. And society says it's fine, and it's not a big deal. No, if it's sin, it's sin, and call it out for what it is. Because the fact of the matter is, if you were in a if you were in war, on a battlefield, and you get injured, and there's a a, a medic there, a surgeon who's coming around to stitch people up and to stop the bleeding, as he runs up to you, you would not be like, it's just a, it's just a flesh wound. Your leg is blown off. You're like, I can handle this. It's not that big of a deal. Go to, Go help someone else. No. You would say, help me. Stop the bleeding. Save my life. I don't want to die here. I want to see my family again. I want to see my friends again. I want to be I want to be in a safe place again. How much more then should we cry out from the wounds of our own soul? And the infection of sin within us to say it's not a small it's not a small sin. It's great before you Lord. Come and stop the bleeding. Come and save my life. Come and wash me clean and set me free. I don't want to die here. I don't want to die in this sin, God. I don't want to die in this place, God. Set me free. How much more would you cry out to God and say, God, don't let me die in this sin. Let me know your freedom. Let me know your joy. Let me know your peace. Let me be able to rejoice in your presence. Don't let me die in this. It is to the glory of God to cover your sin. So don't try to do it yourself. Lay it bare at his feet and ask him to cover you with the atoning sacrifice of Jesus. So we're going to take a moment, if the worship team would come. We're going to take a moment right now, this morning, to search our hearts and our lives and to find where we've been covering our own sin. So with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I want you to examine your heart right now. And for some of you, maybe in this moment you can think, I don't, I don't think I have anything that I need to confess. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. God, if there's something in me, the way that I've been speaking to people and treating people, God, if there's something that I've not surrendered to you and I've lied to myself about to continue to hide it and think that I have it covered, God, help me to expose it because I don't want to rob you of your glory. It's to your glory that you forgive me and you cover my sin. It's to my glory to reveal it to you so that I can walk in your forgiveness. And it's in your forgiveness I receive your righteousness, your holiness, and you glorify me with your son Jesus as I expose my sin to you. Oh, that we would be a church that says whatever it takes, God, Whatever it takes, God, to walk in freedom, whatever it takes, God, to walk in truth, I'm willing to lay it down at your feet, Jesus. I'm willing to lay it down at your feet, Jesus. On Wednesday night, Pastor Dale spoke. He said the presence of God wants to fall on us like a fire, but for a fire to fall, a sacrifice has to be made. Something has to be laid down at the altar this morning. Something has to be laid down. What are you willing to lay down at the altar this morning? What is it in you that's saying, God, burn this out of me. Purify this in me. Restore me and redeem me. Come, Holy Spirit, and speak to your people right now. come Holy Spirit and move on your people right now. Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to prepare right now. Prepare your hearts. We're going to spend some time at the altar this morning. And if there's something that you need to confess to Jesus and ask Him to, to forgive and to cover, then I want you to just come right now and let's just kneel at the altar. And there is absolutely no judgment. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There is only forgiveness and joy and peace and love. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. God wants to forgive you. God wants to cover you today. Those of you who are watching online right now, just kneel where you're at in front of your TV or computer or phone just begin to confess God I know that I've not been living right in this area God I know that I've not surrendered this part of my heart or this part of my life God would you wash me oh God would you cleanse me oh God would you purify my heart God God would you change me and transform me today would you wash me clean God would you wash me clean can I just say this? If there's a sin that you've confessed that you continue to struggle with, that you can't seem to get rid of or get free from, then the Lord would say you need to confess it to someone in the flesh. He says forgiveness comes from asking of me, but healing comes from f- confessing it to each other. Some of you have been set free, but you keep going back. You have a choice. You keep going back to it because you've not been healed. There are wounds there that, that are drawing you back to it. And Jesus would say, confess it to each other and walk in healing. That's out of James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed. Not forgiven. You'll be forgiven when you confess it to Jesus. But some of you need to walk in healing because you're tired of going back. You're tired of going back. You keep going back. Say, God, I thought I was forgiven. You are forgiven. But you can receive healing today by saying, I'm going to confess it. I'm going to take a bold step. I'm going to speak. I need to confess. I need to get it off my chest. I need to bring it into the light. Why? Because it still has power when you keep it in darkness. Why? Because the devil is the ruler over darkness. But expose it to the light and walk in healing. Take the power out of his hands. Come on, take the power out of his hands. He no longer can have power what you expose to the light. So the worship team is going to sing and we're going to pray. And if some of you need to walk in forgiveness, come down to the altar now and receive the forgiveness of the Lord. Allow him to cover you and then rejoice in the fact that you've been set free. And if some of you are saying, I need to confess, because there's some stuff tying me back and I don't want to keep going back and I want to stand on God's truth found in James 5, 16 that if I'll confess, I'll receive healing. Then let's do it today. Let's be a church that says whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I'm going to walk in freedom. I'm going to walk in the joy of the Lord. He's going to be my strength. I'm going to walk with a new step and a new life. Let's do it right now. Let's do it right now. Worship team, let's begin to sing. Let's spend time with the Lord. Come on. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends. It'd help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the ministry of Central Valley Church, go to cbcmadera.churchcenter.com.